0: Welcome to the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Haiti deprived of fuel by gangs. More Jamaicans encouraged to do digital banking. The crypto millionaires in Puerto Rico are showing increased interest. U.S. Virgin Islands delegation sees opportunities and complexities after tour of marijuana growth facility in Colorado and electrification, the future of Trinidad and Tobago's car industry. These and other stories on today's Pulse. Of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, October 28th. We start a report today in Haiti. Haiti Libre reports that the control of access to oil terminals by gangs prevents regular supplies to the country, jeopardizing the entire functioning of Haiti if the situation continues. In addition to travel needs, Haiti needs fuel to produce a large part of its electricity, allowing all the activities that depend on it to operate, for which the health sector or the lives of certain patients are threatened. The effects are already being felt from lack of fuel. More than 150 digicel antenna sites are at a standstill. Radio stations could stop broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hospitals are dysfunctional, and some will have to suspend healthcare services for the population. If the situation continues, it will be the companies, factories, and businesses that will stop functioning one after the other. On Monday, the coalition of G9 gangs still controlled the roads leading to the Raru terminal, which prevented the transporters of petroleum products from obtaining supplies after having put an end to their strike movement and receive the assurance of the authorities concerned that they will ensure their safety. However, petrol stations are still not supplied due to the climate of insecurity, barricades blocking roads, and automatic gunfire reported throughout the day. As for the security promised by the authorities, it was not there. Jamaica Information Service reports that more Jamaicans are being encouraged to become a part of the formal banking system by reaping the rewards available through digital banking. The call came from Jamaica's Ministry of Finance and the Public Service at the second staging of their Virtual Wealth Summit on Wednesday, October 20th, with a focus on digital financial inclusion. Delivering opening remarks at the event, the Minister of the State of the Ministry of Finance and the Public Service, the Honorable Marsha Smith, emphasized that the summit is important to the thrust of the ministry to improve the financial literacy of all Jamaicans. The change brought about by the COVID-19 has forced Jamaicans to go digital to keep the economy going, Jamaicans now have access to many services online instead of in person. While many of us have transitioned successfully to doing business online, a lot of us are still struggling with the digital world. She said. Ms. Smith pointed out that the summits are created to help Jamaicans find financial stability and a road to recovery due to the challenges experienced by the COVID-19 pandemic. The world. World Bank describes the digital inclusion as the deployment of cost-saving digital means to reach financially excluded and underserved populations with a range of formal financial services suited to their needs that are responsibly delivered at a cost affordable to consumers and sustainable to providers, she said. She added that the summit is aimed at clearing up the confusion that exists with how Jamaicans can participate in the digital economy. The wealth Summit is part of a free quarterly series put on by the ministry geared to improving the financial literacy of Jamaicans. The event was live streamed on the finance ministry and the Jamaica Information Service Facebook and YouTube pages. TechStory reports that when Facebook whistleblower Frances Haugen isn't traveling the world lobbying lawmakers to regulate her former employer, she's reportedly living in Puerto Rico on cryptocurrency revenues that aren't subject to taxes. Puerto Rico, an unincorporated U.S. territory noted for its beaches, jungles, and Spanish colonial architecture, has grown in popularity among cryptocurrency investors in recent years, owing to its status as a tax haven. Act 22 exempts those who live in Puerto Rico for at least half of the year from paying taxes on interest, dividends, and capital gains, allowing them to profit from crypto and other assets without having to pay the government. Top crypto enterprises such as Hedge Fund, Pantera Capital, and NFT marketplace super rare, have allocated to Puerto Rico in recent years in order to take advantage of the favorable tax legislation. Others have utilized their low tax income to acquire property in Puerto Rico with the goal of creating a new civilization known as Portopia logan paul a youtube star and crypto investor relocated to the island earlier this year and has been renting a property for around fifty five thousand dollars per month a move that mr paul claimed was prompted primarily by the country's tax rules while advocates claim that the tax benefits bring much needed investment to an island that lags behind the u.s mainland in economic development Others accuse outsiders of driving up housing prices in modern-day kind of colonialism. Investors like Ms. Hagen must live in Puerto Rico for 183 days out of a year to qualify for the exemption according to the law. They're also encouraged to establish local bank accounts, driver's license, and voter registrations as a part of additional proof of residency. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the delegation of the U.S. Virgin Islands leaders currently in Denver, Colorado, as a part of a mission to better understand the cannabis industry ahead of the major debate and possible approval of legislation by year's end, left a growing facility two hours outside of Denver on Wednesday. Feeling optimistic about the potential of a thriving industry in the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as getting a first hand understanding of the challenges of managing a successful GROW operation. The week long summit was organized by Virgin Islands Senate President Donna Fret Gregory. IT WAS CRITICALLY NEEDED AS LOCAL LEADERS PREPARE THE U.S. VIRGIN ISLANDS TO TAKE ON THE COMPLEX YET REWARDING TASK THAT WILL BE NEEDED TO PARTICIPATE IN EVERYTHING THAT'S INVOLVED FROM LEGISLATIVE AND EXECUTIVE BRANCHES ON SHAPING THE FINAL BILL TO THE REGULATORY ARMS SUCH AS THE VI DEPARTMENT OF LICENSING AND CONSUMER AFFAIRS, THE OFFICE OF Cannabis REGULATIONS AND THE VIRGIN ISLANDS CANNABIS ADVISORY BOARD ON ascertaining product quality and monitoring among other important functions. The tour of the Telluride Bud Company, a small marijuana growth facility, was led by its head of operations. It included a look at the process of cultivating marijuana from start to finish and the nurturing that is needed until harvest. From the right temperatures, lighting, cloning, watering, pruning, and drying, the process appears to be a delicate balance to ascertain top quality. To emphasize the importance of monitoring, the delegation was shown marijuana plants that had developed mildew because the crew that was in charge of that particular row didn't do a thorough job in spraying the plants with the regimen to keep that in check. Regarding monitoring for quality compliance and making sure that the company does not sell its products on the black market, the Marijuana Enforcement Division of Colorado has year-round access to Telluride system through a software called Metrics. Telluride Compliance Director described the software as the best system that facilitates a surfeit of functions, including Critical component of allowing government's enforcement arm to monitor grows. Governor Albert Bryan and Senate President Fred Gregory discussed during the tour potential challenges facing the U.S. Virgin Islands for such operations, most poignantly, the cost of energy. Energy costs at Telluride could be anywhere between $4,000 to $5,000 monthly, a cost equivalent in the U.S. Virgin Islands to around $15,000. Colorado's kilowatt-per-hour is cents while the U.S. Virgin Islands currently stands at 40.03 and 42.65 cents after the first 250 kilowatt hour usage. Senate President Fred Gregory spoke of utilizing renewable energy as a way to mitigate the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority costs. Yet even with pain, $15,000 a month for electricity to run a similar facility in the U.S. Virgin Islands, an operation the size of Telluride, which has about 5.2 harvests a year, with each harvest fetching roughly $694,200 from an estimated 534 pounds of marijuana at $1,300 a pound would still see healthy margins with annual sales of $3.6 million. Senator Janelle Sorrow, who holds authorship of the bill for legalization of marijuana for recreational use in the U.S. Virgin Islands, said the summit was important and that it highlighted how woefully behind the territory currently is in putting certain levelers in place critical to a successful industry. She also said another event would be needed where stakeholders such as potential growers could get a first-hand understanding of the intricacies of the industry. The bill will come before the end of the year, she said, but it was important for everybody to be on the same page and not continually spewing a false narrative that it's an easy industry. It's very scientific. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that there is no doubt that electrification is at the center of the automotive industry's future. Many automakers, including major players like Volvo and General Motors, have already announced within the next... Decade or two, the vehicles they manufacture will no longer have internal combustion engines but hybrid or electric motors. These vehicles will have less of a negative effect on the environment, and with no gas bill, they will also have less of a negative effect on the pockets of consumers. But for Trinidad and Tobago, that journey towards electrification has just begun, while countries such as Barbados has already had an established industry, infrastructure, and policy framework, Trinidad and Tobago is just beginning to open doors for the electric and hybrid vehicle industry to go full speed ahead. This year, that came in the form of a removal of all custom duties Motor Vehicle Tax and Value-Added Tax on the Importation of Battery-Powered Electric Vehicles with an age limit of two years from January, which was announced by Trinidad and Tobago Finance Minister Combe Embert in the reading of the 2021-2022 budget on October 4th. Even with the concessions, electric vehicles may still be out of range for many motorists when it comes to price, but hybrid vehicles like the Toyota Fielder and Aqua have developed popularity on the nation's roads with almost little to no help from the government. Industry professionals told Business Day that in order to catch up with the rest of the world, in the electrification race, government must be bolder and put similar concessions on hybrid vehicles as was placed on electric. Rhonda Files Vice President of the Trinidad and Tobago Automotive Dealers Association told Business Day that used car dealers saw the benefit of electric and hybrid vehicles from as early as 2012. Because of the collaboration of used car deals. Files said Trinidad and Tobago now has about 40,000 hybrid vehicles on the road, more than double the number of compressed natural gas CNG vehicles, which stands at about 15,300. The Trinidad and Tobago Automotive Dealers Association has been lobbying for support, but it wasn't until this year government seemed to take heed. And finally... St. Lucia's Time reports that the Cabinet of Ministers for St. Lucia has approved the granting of concessions on barrels imported between November 1st, 2021 and January 31st, 2022. The concessions are granted in accordance with the following terms and conditions. 100% waiver of imported duty on personal items, food, clothing, toy and other household consumables, electric items are explicitly excluded. The number of barrels that would qualify for the concessions would be limited to two per household. There were also an upper limit of 2,500 EC per barrel on the value of items qualified for the concessions. The items identified in one must be for personal use only and not for commercial use the usual penalties fines would be applied if goods are used for commercial purposes. Barrels imported during the period under consideration will be exempt from value-added tax pending the passage of the appropriate negative resolution by parliament. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, October 28. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.